0: Well, we're going to hear this morning. We're going to invite our very own Pastor Chris to the stage. Let's give him a warm welcome this morning. Awesome. You may be, you may be seated. Thank you, guys. You can take your seats as well. Let us pray. Lord, help me. Get a 20-minute message into 10 minutes in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said... Amen. Let's get straight into it. After 400 years of silence, this is how the New Testament starts. It's not an immediate thing. The book of Malachi, the events in Malachi were 400 years before the events in the New Testament. Over 400 years. And the Jewish nation did not hear from God in all that time. Who would have been ticked? The Creator launches the final part of His plan to give us a Messiah by sending angelic messengers to proclaim four distinct calls of action. Interestingly enough, there are four Sundays in Advent. So we will be covering those calls. Three of them are recorded in the Gospel of Luke, beginning with Zechariah, then Mary, and ultimately the shepherds who are out in their fields watching their flocks by night. The Gospel of Matthew records the call to action from the angel that came to Joseph. And it's interesting that all four instances recount an angelic call. It's angels that come to all of these people. And it leads to the arrival of the Christ child. The first first call was to this guy called Zechariah. Zeke, perhaps for short. Okay, perhaps not. Zechariah. And his was, his was a call to prepare, and our story begins in Luke chapter one, verse five, with a bit of background to Zechariah's life. So let's let's read this uh, and try to understand. So put yourself in Zechariah's shoes. Listen, listen to what it tells us about him. It says, "When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zeke, uh, Zechariah. Sorry, he was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth. It's going to call her Betty, but." Better stick with Elizabeth there as well. (laughs) Was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children, because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by Lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken, not stirred, and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. Concentrate, concentrate. (laughs) The angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth, Elizabeth will give you a son and you are to name him John. Zechariah, bless his heart, said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? <laughs> I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Husbands, never say that about your wife. <laughs> then the angel said, and I, and I believe, I mean, we read these scriptures, and it's like, yep. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. I don't think he said that. I think he said, Hey, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God, worm Well, okay, I may have added that. It was me who sent me to bring you this good news. It was he who sent me, rather. But now, since you don't believe what I say to you, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born, for my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. I think Gabriel was a bit ticked. So Zechariah didn't say anything else, strangely enough. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. So even they got t- tired, of, tired of standing around praying. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. And then they realised from his gestures and silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. He must have been damn good at charades. <laughs> when Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. And soon afterwards, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace at having no children. Now, there's a, there's a lot of stuff in there. But there are two calls in that passage of Scripture. We, we, we know there's a call to prepare. But I believe that before that, we can actually see there's a call to be prepared. The first thing there is a call to be prepared. And then there is a call to prepare what God is planning. When Zechariah went to work that day, he was not ready for what happened. He was not expecting it to happen. He was not even praying for it to happen. And he certainly wasn't believing for it. In fact, from that scripture, we know that he thought that he and his wife Elizabeth, their time for being useful to God was over. They were very old and had no children, which seemed to be important. So the interesting thing, though, however, he was prepared for it. I mean, we know he wasn't ready because he opened his mouth, stuck his foot in, but he he actually was prepared. God chose Zechariah and Elizabeth because they were prepared. See, he'd been a priest for several decades. He served faithfully in his priestly responsibilities for as long as he could remember. He and Elizabeth, it tells us, were righteous in God's eyes, so we know they were an upstanding couple, but not everything was perfect. Luke 1, 5-7 says that although he was righteous, careful to obey all of God's commandments, they had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were very old. So things weren't perfect. He wanted a son, Elizabeth wanted to conceive, and they were very old. I'm sorry to keep labouring that point. <laughs> but, and, and, but we know that they were actually significant desires in their life. And being barren, not being able to have children, was actually a source of great shame in Jewish culture at the time. And Elizabeth would have had to put up with a lot of condemnation from her neighbours. So it wasn't a small thing back then. And we know it was, they were significant desires in their life because of the angel's comment, first of all, in verse 13. He says, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son and you will name him John. Very specific. And Elizabeth's relief in verse 25 she says how kind the Lord is he has taken away my disgrace at having no children so the sadness because they have no children there's a fair amount of condemnation from their neighbors because of their inability to conceive and the biggest problem was that this sort of problem was often thought of as a result of sin we read in John's gospel a a situation in uh, chapter 9 verse 1 where Jesus heals a blind man and the disciples asked Jesus, they say, was he blind because of his sin or his parents' sin? You sort of think, what a weird question to ask. But that was, that was a common thought back then. So the fact that she couldn't bear children made people whisper about the fact that, you know, she looked good. But hey, who knows what secret sin was on the side there because she couldn't have children. So In some ways, a very cruel and uh, sort of horrible place to be. But they were ordinary people doing ordinary jobs in ordinary lives and being faithful to God and one another through everything they went through. This story is actually much more than Zechariah's joy about having a son or Elizabeth's exaltation about the fact that she was no longer being held in scorn by the other mothers in the village. It's actually about God's fulfilment of his great purpose and promise. But the interesting thing is the needs, the hopes and the fears of ordinary people are not forgotten in this grand plan because our God is the God of lavish, self-giving love. When he acts on a large scale, he always takes care of the smaller concerns as well. But let me ask you this. Would you like to be prepared? Who feels that they've been faithful but life doesn't always work out? Who feel, who sometime, who's, who's done their best but sometimes stumble? Is there anybody? Is it just me? Who's prayed and believed but occasionally suffers from doubt? Glad I'm not alone. Who has had to cling to their faith through sadness and trial? Who has struggled with discrimination because of their faith? Who just feels ordinary most of the time? You see, none of those things make us ready but they do make us prepared. If you resonated with any of those things, I want you to be ready for for a touch from God. In a moment, I'm going to actually invite people out onto this altar to get a touch from God. If you feel ordinary, if you feel that your faith sometimes isn't strong enough, but you want what God is having you, I believe God wants to encourage us today. And so I'm going to invite you up to the front. And we're going to pray a prayer. We're going to pray a prayer of anointing to ask God to prepare us for what He has for us. The second call we see in this passage, it's going to be a very quick prayer afterwards, is a call to prepare. Zechariah might not have been ready for his encounter encounter with Gabriel, but he was given very specific instructions on how to prepare what God was asking him. Verse 13 says, don't be afraid. I think it was interesting what Nathan said earlier. I think sort of God has to throw this in a lot because it's a natural tendency of ours. And he actually, it's, it's to raise us from our natural tendencies to our supernatural tendencies. The first thing we have to do is stop being afraid. He said, God has heard your prayer. Isn't it great when God says, hey, I've heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son. You are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness. Hey, who wants that? But it says, many will rejoice at his birth. He will be great in the eyes of the Lord. So he's already letting Zechariah know what, it, what plans he has for his son. He must never touch wine or al- other alcoholic drinks. Zechariah's thinking, yep, no worries, more for me. He was to be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. I mean, we pray for our kids. Wouldn't it be great to know that they were actually filled with the Holy Spirit even before they were born? Yeah. There is evidence of that, but that's for another Sunday. He would turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. Who would like to have that spoken over their lives? That would be fabulous. He will be a man with the spirit and the power of Elijah. He sounds fearsome. He will prepare the people for the coming of their lords. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. He will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. So God lays out this, this plan before Zechariah. And he says, this is who your son is going to be. Notice he doesn't say, Zeke, this is for you. You are going to be a hero. No. He says, Zechariah, you're going to have a son and I want you to prepare him for what God has for him. You see, Zechariah and Elizabeth were not called to be heroes. They weren't called to be superstars. They were called to be preparers. The glory would go to their son, John. Don't know whether you actually heard of him. He actually became known as John the Baptist. And he would prepare the people of Israel for the coming of the Messiah. So we need to ask ourselves, this Christmas, are we willing to answer God's call to prepare? Are we willing to open the way for someone to meet Jesus? Are we willing to show kindness to strangers? Are we willing to be faithful in the face of opposition? Are we willing to be obedient to the call on our lives? Because let me tell you, God doesn't call us to be heroes. I mean, we look, we're heroes of the faith and we look to them. We've achieved prominence and power and position. And sometimes I think even foolishly we think we'd like to be like them. But we're called to be us. You are perfectly placed where God wants you. And he has a call on your life. That all we have to do is step into and walk into. And God is very pleased with what we do. If you're one of those people I mentioned before and you'd like a touch from God because you want to know that you are prepared for what he has for you in a moment in fact let's all stand. If you resonated with any of those things I said before that you've been faithful but sometimes you doubt. You pray to God some prayers are answered some aren't you're not sure that you're ready for what God has for you but you want to be prepared you want to know what it is to walk with God and to have That certainty that he actually has faith in you. And you want to take it a step further and prepare this Christmas to hear the voice of God. You want to be a preparer. You want want to be able to move to actually help somebody else experience God. If that's you this morning, I want you to come out on this altar. If you want to be, if you're sure that just as an ordinary person, you can still be prepared, but. By God, That you're prepared to answer a call. And it may not be a call to be a hero. It may just be a call to prepare somebody else to be a hero. But if you're prepared to listen to God and answer His call, I want us to pray this morning. I want us to feel the anointing that God brings us. Because who knows what an anointing is? It's one of those funny Christianese words we use. It actually means to to pour oil over people. I couldn't find a big enough... Jug to do that, and I was warned that there would be um, a large bill for wardrobe replacement. But it actually refers to the fact that we can ask God to pour His Spirit into our lives and to be anointed. That just means to walk around with the Spirit of God on the inside of us, with us listening to the Spirit and doing what He asks us. That's all it is. When we anoint people, we. We are basically telling them, open your heart, your spirit, and your mind to the power of God and walk in that power. So up the front here, just, just raise your hands to heaven. If you're standing in the congregation, I want you to raise your he- uh, lift your hands towards these guys and begin to pray. Just pray a blessing over them. Pray anointing over them. Pray the favour of God on these people. And Lord, I pray right now for every single person here with their hands raised. I just thank you, Lord, that you pour your anointing into them. I thank you that you reveal a purpose for their lives to them as they pray right here, right now. I thank you, Lord, that you reveal that no matter what, how ordinary we think our plans, our dreams, our visions are, that they are actually blessed by you, that they have a purpose. We are called here to prepare others For a relationship with you, we have the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit within us, not to make front page news, but to make a significant difference in the lives of the people we touch on a daily basis. Lord, if we are praying people, if we are people who read your word, if we are people who worship you, praise your name, then we are prepared for what you have for us. If we call you Lord and Saviour, If we walk in your ways, even though we stumble and fall, we are prepared for your purpose. So Lord, I ask you now, as we stand prepared, that you reveal to us your call in our lives. Reveal to us what we are to do day by day. Reveal to us the direction we are to move in, in our lives, to fulfil that call. Lord, I pray, I proclaim, I announce that anointing on these people who stand in faith before you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. You can go back to your seats. Just before I close the meeting, and I I know I'm a little bit over time, who'll give me me an extra minute? That's one, two, three, four. That's five minutes, six, seven, okay. I think I'm clear. Before we finish, I just want to pray. You you can you can take your seats. To, to, To have a call from God, we actually have to belong to God first. His His call to all people is to come to Him. The one call that everybody has on their lives is actually to come to Jesus. And so, if you're here today and you haven't answered that call, you've observed what you know about Jesus. You may have been to church and heard all about Jesus, but if you've never actually said, I want to answer that call. I want Jesus in my life. I want to become a Christian. I want to become a follower of Jesus. I want Jesus into my heart, my soul, my spirit. If you've never done that, then I want you to make that decision this morning. All it takes is just a prayer of acceptance to say, Jesus, I accept you into my life. You are my Lord and Saviour now. My walk with you starts today and I'd love to pray that prayer with you so can I have every eye closed for just a moment and if this that is you this morning or you may have done that this before but you know that you're actually not really walking with Jesus right now I'd love to pray that same prayer with you so if that's you this morning while nobody's looking around can you just lift your hand so that I can see it and I'd love to pray that prayer with you thank you I see that hand pop that down again Anybody else this morning want to pray that prayer? Okay, can you open your eyes and stand to your feet, please? I want us to pray this together. It may not be your first time. You may feel that you're going okay with Jesus, but it's great to remind ourselves, I think, of the Importance of that first step that we take. So can you pray this prayer all together after me, please? Dear God, Dear God from, this forth, from this day forth, I am following you. Am following you. Nobody, Nobody else, else. Nothing else, nothing else, just you. Just you. I am now, I am now a, child a child of God. I will follow you, will follow you, the, rest you. the rest of my days. And I proclaim your son, Christ, Your son Jesus Christ, as my Lord, as my Lord. and as my Saviour. As my Saviour. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, Nathan. Let's give Pastor Chris here uh, oh. this morning. <clears throat> cool to prepare. Uh, thank you for joining us for our first uh, Advent service this morning.